Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Flexibility Sunday number two. <laughs> We're glad to have all of you here with us, and what a beautiful day it is just to be outside in God's world and, and just be joining together today. A few announcements we have. Um, save the date, uh, September 10th. We're planning a trip to the Mud Hens game. So we'll keep you posted on that as we get closer. Uh, cricket Craft Club, Leslie is looking for anyone interested. If you have a cricket machine, um, you'll know if you have it. <laughs> and you'll probably have all the supplies to go with it. So if you're interested in getting together and making things, then let Leslie know. Um, garden help, we still are looking for some people on Wednesdays to help with the garden. So let Lucy know. Um, and I see yesterday Lucy was out here and she planted some more flowers along this area here for us. Thank you, Lucy. It's, everything's looking so beautiful. Um, coffee hour, we're still looking for people to help out with those. There's a sign-up sheet, I believe, out there somewhere. So take a look. On the bulletin board? Okay, awesome. And then the rest of them are pretty straightforward. I'll let you look through. You have that printed in your bulletin. Uh, next, we are inviting Dottie up, and she is going to give us a report from annual conference. If you've not experienced God's Spirit before this morning, and you didn't feel like you experienced God's Spirit this morning, check your pulse. First time since 2019, over 1,500 clergy and lady representatives from every United Methodist Church in Michigan were able to successfully navigate a COVID safety covenant to gather in person at the Grand Traverse Resort in Acme, Michigan for the Michigan Annual Conference. All of our churches should be dance halls dancing to the unforced rhythms of grace, to the unique time signatures of God's Spirit. May it be so. Amen. 
During teaching sessions, members heard from lady leaders like Florida Wesley Campus Ministry Director Derek Scott. We're the ones who are walking down the street on Thursday. We're the ones going into schools and into hospitals and, and into the grocery store and the gym. We're the, we are the gospel on the ground. And clergy members like Reverend Dr. Ron Bell, a Minnesota pastor, author, and expert on race, trauma, empathy, and grief. Post-traumatic growth is the ability to look into the uncertainties of what we are experiencing, the uncertainty of what we see and say in the midst of my uncertainty, patience, be still. The conference also kept Mission in Motion, agreeing to a Readers to Leaders campaign to raise nearly $500,000 to send Liberian children to school and foster leadership for children through Flint Freedom Schools. Over $35,000 was raised to support the Judith Craig Village, an orphanage in Liberia, support a maternity clinic in Haiti, and help Ukrainian war refugees. The 5K to end child hunger in Michigan has already raised nearly $18,000 and continues to grow. Each step of the way, there have been laity and fellow clergy who have taught me to lead, taught me to preach, taught me to pastor, and frankly, taught me how to be a grown-up. Reverend Kenitha Bingham Sai of East Lansing was confirmed as the endorsed Episcopal candidate from the Michigan Conference. She will be considered, among others, for election to bishop when the North Central jurisdiction meets later in November. So that motion is before us because it comes from a committee. It does not require a second. Are there questions or discussion? In legislative action, the conference voted nearly unanimously in favor of taking action to address the rise in gun violence. They agreed to send letters to legislators supporting partial cancellation of federal student loan debt, advocated for a U.S. peace economy, and support for immigrant Michigan driver's licenses and state IDs. The body also agreed to reduce the number of districts from nine to seven and approve the disaffiliation of four churches and the closing of 10 others. They also endorsed previous actions for the future of the United Methodist Church and approved a 4% reduction in the conference budget for 2023. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. These persons are to be ordained by God and the church for the ministry of deacons and elders to which they have been called by the Holy Spirit. Let us pray for them. Michigan continues to create bold and effective leaders with three candidates ordained as deacon, 14 ordained as elder, and of the 20 individuals for the course of study classes of 2019 through 2021, two were commissioned for the work of a deacon and seven for the work of an elder. Four individuals were either recognized or transferred as associate or full members of the Michigan Conference. To re-watch Annual Conference, read full reports, and learn more about the work of the Michigan Conference, visit the Annual Conference website, 2022.michiganumc.org.
Okay, so I feel so silly standing up here. I am so new compared to everybody around here who has gone to probably. Who, has anybody gone to conference before? Or I can't remember who's. <laughs> it was such an enlightening and eye-opening experience. This was my third conference, but first conference in person. And it was, there was a good balance of like legislative work and like you saw the Derek Scott who, if I can pull that link for you guys to watch his, speech and his like it was really more of teachings were fantastic and so like engaging it was really good um but the some highlights were the dr reverend bell don or dr reverend ron bell and then derek scott those two sessions if i can i can find links and i can have the office send those out and if you have any time i know that it said to rewatch conference because the whole conference is actually recorded but nobody really has three whole days to sit and watch so <laughs> the real the real engaging parts and the real exciting parts were i felt that the my personally thoughts were those two um two presentations And then um, Bishop Bard did give a brief update on the state of the conference. And that is actually on the Thursday video. So if, again, I can pull, I haven't actually gone through and rewatched it, which I don't intend to, but I can pull out those portions and that would give people a better idea to actually see it live from when, like how it was at the conference. Uh, if anybody has any questions about the, the, state of the conference he gave an update and there's really no new updates other than the information that was published like i think last year is really for like the 2024 conference of the state of the whole conference so if you guys have any questions about it i'm happy to answer or dig and get the answers because it's all there's just it's so foggy still and there's not really anything that like i said that they've published that's new other than the stuff that we have printed and the videos that they've put together it's still all just going to be very, very complicated. Um, I, when Rick and I went, this was our very first time, obviously, and again, we're still so new, and I said it was so engaging. If anybody wants to go next year, like, we can only have X number of voting members based on our membership, but, like, just to go and be a part of it, like, Rick didn't actually go to any of the sessions, but, like, he was in the hotel the whole time and, like, got to see it. You can still go to the things, just not vote, but it was just so exciting and to actually be a part of something that's so much bigger and to kind of see where the church is actually going so that was very exciting um kind of just as a result of the whole thing i think that my biggest takeaway was still again that doctor or no not doctor it's derek scott he spoke last year electronically uh he was on the, i had a video recording but he was live in person this year and it was so cool but the whole gospel on the ground just kind of talking about how we are the good people and we're doing good things in all that we do in our daily lives at work, in other groups, in the grocery store, everywhere, like that we're just always continuing to be the good people. Um, and with everything that is just so foggy and the uncertainty of what's happening for the future, my other big takeaway was just that we need to like face forward and look at all of the good things that we do. We do so much and just like having all of the time in 
the conference, I was able to really reflect and actually think like, oh my gosh, we do. Like hearing other people's stories about their food pantries and hearing stories about what things that they do in their outreach ministry. Like we just do so much for such a little small and mighty and powerful congregation like in this little town of Clinton. I mean, there's congregations out there that were like thousands of people, but like for us and the amount of work that we do, it's just so incredible. And I mean, you guys are amazing people and it is so exciting to be a part of such an amazing group of people that do so much good stuff. So the big, big thing as I kind of look forward to want to kind of spearhead is to really just how we can focus on what we're actually doing and to share what we're doing because people don't see all the stuff that we're doing because we do so much good stuff and to also find out um, they had suggested to reach out to the community to see what the community actually needs and in a little bit um, to see what the community needs and us kind of tailoring some of our ministries to what the what the um, what the community needs so that's probably, what's that? I just wanted to add, I ran into Pastor Robert. Oh. I texted him while I was up there and ended up spending an hour one evening until about 10.30 at night talking with him and finding out he's over at North Muskegon Church now. Uh, his church in Lansing closed up this, this year. But he sends Yeah, they were his, one of the ones that disaffiliated. Yeah, and he sends his best regards to everybody. He was really excited to hear about all the accomplishments and how well we've gone forward since the time he was here with all the, you know, what we're doing in the community, how we're, you know, making progress on getting our repairs done and everything. So he was really excited to hear about everything going on at our church yeah. since he left two years ago. So yeah. he was uh, one to make yeah, sure we said hi things, to everybody. It seems. So, anybody have any questions or anything? Sheila. Carol. There were 10 closings and four disaffiliating. So, there's some churches that have already decided that. Like they've met and that this is what they're going to do and they're completely disaffiliating. But there's 10 that have just like still closed because of numbers or whatever. Yeah, I feel like, and this was actually because of COVID, this was last year we did, I, I would have to pull it up, but I think that there were probably like seven or, I mean, you guys who have gone before probably know like the number of churches that, is that normal? In my three conferences, that two of them being virtual, one obviously now just being in person, there were a, within like probably five or ten that were closing the last. The ten of, I watched that particular. The last several years. I watched that particular was the trustee meeting that about the ten churches, and basically it was due to their lack of attendance, their financials yeah. over the years. They were mainly smaller churches, even smaller than ours. Yeah. Uh, were the majority, but there were a few bigger ones too, like Lansing and one in Redford, but it was basically, you know, an attendance and, you know, uh, issue and financial issue is why they closed. And yeah. COVID was a big impact on some of them too. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, just overall in like reflecting and just kind of seeing like we do so much. Like I said, it's redundant and annoying that we, I mean, we just do so much. And if we just continue doing this work, like 
we will have no problem. And I have the amazing, just everybody, Sheila. Oh, my announcement. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me in check. Um, we do have a meeting. SPRC has a meeting. We have been assigned somebody. Uh, we don't know in, like, if it's a male or a female. We don't know anything. We just have a um, meeting on the 27th to meet our new assignment. I have a question out to um, Reverend Luann, who's our DS, whether that person is going to be giving the message on the 3rd or if we still need to have another flexible Sunday. But and I haven't received a response. So we have somebody who has been assigned to us, which is fantastic news, because a week ago we did not have that news. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, there, it's, I mean, you saw the, only a few people, compared to the amount of people that have been retiring, I feel like the amount of people that were ordained was, it didn't balance out. <laughs> so. They, um, the, yes, this is just an introduction, so it's not open to, it's just a quick, we're probably only going to be meeting for a few minutes, the SPRC meeting, yeah, and then we will schedule something based on that. I don't, I don't know that she's really put much more thought into that meeting, because she actually asked us last Saturday if we could meet at, like, it was like a 12-hour notice, can you meet this new pastor or this new person, and we're like, no, and so we're now the 27th, <laughs> surely could have. <laughs> yes. So, but it's good stuff. Thank you guys. And seriously, think about it. So, it's not fun sitting in a hotel like meeting room for 3 days. That was not the best. But it was such good information and it was in Traverse City. So, and you do have your actual the evenings were nice. So, it was a nice little getaway too. Thank you for allowing us. It's good. Oh, I can leave all this, right? Okay, we are going to do a hymn sing, so shout it out. What would you like to hear? 593? 593. Okay, we're just going to be doing the first verse of this. So please stand if you are able. 593.
Now, if you'll join me for our opening prayer. On this day, we remember what it means to have a father or be a father. We recognize the importance of fathers in our communities. We pledge as a congregation to love and nurture the fathers among us so that they will manifest the love of God in all that they do. Amen. The Lord has richly blessed us, and at this time we will return a bit of that, uh, our worldly wealth, to the Lord. Can the ushers please come forward? Generous and surprising God, when we thought that death had claimed your only son, you amazed us with the resurrection. Surprise us again with your ability to turn these humble offerings into gifts that will transform the world through our witness to your love. We lay our very lives at your feet, O God, knowing that you will use us to proclaim and embody the gospel. Amen. Oh, another hymn sing. What would you like to hear? 717. 717.
Now, if the children will come forward, Ms. Sheila is going to be addressing them today. Good morning. Does anybody know what today is? Father's Day, yes. Who has a father? Me too. Have you ever made your dad crazy by something you did? What'd you do, Wally? I smacked his butt. You smacked his butt. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, you hit him on the butt. What else? Um, I, I bit on him. <gasps> you bit him? What are you teaching these kids? My dad was a sugar dad. Say that again? Sugar dad. He's a sugar dad? He likes sugar? He used to give me it, but now he's not. He keeps the sugar to himself? Oh, sugar dad. <laughs> Have you ever done anything like broke something at home? Knocked something over and broke it? Um, I, I broke one of my toys. Broke one of your toys? Have you ever broken anything of Dad's? You ever spilled anything? No milk or ketchup or nothing on the floor? Oh, mercy. My brother was drinking some, some uh, smoothie this morning, and then he, he spilled some. Oh, he spilled a little bit? Leave it to a sister to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had McDonald's, and I accidentally squirted some um, ketchup on his shirt. Oh, I gotta write that down. So according to our list, we've done a few things to make dads crazy, huh? Is it fair to say that he's been mad at us once or twice? Mm -hmm. Do you think he forgave you? Your dad did? Yeah. It's just kind of like this. Anything left? Anything left on here? Nothing. 
Our dads forgive us when we make mistakes. When we drive them crazy, and wait, you got lots of years. You got a lot of good stuff to do yet. But they forgive us. Do you know any other father that forgives us? Olivia? God, yeah. He's like the ultimate father. He's kind of taught all our other fathers how to be dads. He forgives us when we do wrong, too. So today, I would like you to be really good to your dads. Don't drive them crazy today. A wallet? You don't know how to drive your dad crazy? We'll, we can talk later. Yes? Um, my brother and me are going to make some cards for my dad today. That'd be nice. Let's say a prayer, okay? You can repeat after me if you want. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our dads. We thank you for our heavenly dad, who is teaching our dads how to love us. So we can love everybody we come in contact with. Amen. We've come to the time now of our prayers. And I would like to know, do any of you have any special prayer requests today? Any blessings that you would like to share? Sheila. Yes, that's a very important. Doing wonderful. <laughs> no other prayer concerns uh, at this moment. I would. Okay. Just uh, two people in the courthouse: one a judge, one a prosecutor. Uh, one their mother, one their father passed away just recently. So. I would just ask for prayers for their family. Leslie? Uh, this week, actually starting today, my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law are going on a, a bike adventure from the west side of the state to the east side of the state. Ooh. They're going to be riding 50 miles every day. And I know this week it's going up to like 95. Uh, so just. Prayers for all of those who are on the bike ride this week. So it ends on Friday. So they're going to be out for quite a while. That's quite an adventure. 
you. Good morning. Um, we're excited because, uh, or a blessing, the poultry ban got lifted on the 10th of June, which means that my son and some other 4-Hers will be able to actually have their projects in person and fair. So a huge chunk of the 4-H fair will be in person and won't have to be virtual, which we were told would be pictures on a poster board, which he was not too excited about. So um, we're excited about that. We're really excited that the bird flu has uh, diminished and all the poultry stuff can be started again. So super big blessing for that. Awesome. A yeah. blessing there. We'll be glad to be rid of most all of this COVID stuff, I think, and <laughs> being back together again. Um, some people already, I've already talked to about this, but my stepchildren lost their mother just a few weeks, just like three weeks ago or so. And then my youngest stepdaughter's father-in-law passed this past week. And then a day later, my youngest stepson's father-in-law passed in Chicago. So they have really um, been battered with just um, very unfortunate happenings. So just please keep all of the Quick family in your prayers, please. That's a lot. Is there anyone else? We have um, uh, one addition. We have our prayer requests that are in your bulletin. And uh, I know that uh, Paul and Wildar are very suffering with the loss of their son this very short time ago. Uh, but I also have a notice that Sue Hartig is having a procedure on Tuesday so that we can ask special prayers for her and her, the good outcome of her procedure and a rapid recovery. Let us go. Is there, are there, one ask, are there any unspoken prayers, something that is so close in hurtful to you that you don't even want to mention them? Okay. Let's go to prayer. O Lord, our God, when we in awesome wonder consider all the worlds your hands have made, we can only give praise and thanks to you, the great creator. We give you thanks for all the love you so freely offer to all who will simply accept it. We thank you for the bounty of the beautiful and abundant world in which we live, and we give thanks for our homes, our families, especially our fathers at this, on this special day, and for our friends. On this Father's Day, we especially ask for your continuing love and care for the fathers of our families. We have listened to several prayer requests this morning and we lift up to you each and every one of them, together with their families and loved ones. Be with each of them as you minister to their needs, as only you can do. There are those burdens that weigh so heavily on our hearts that we do not even wish to mention them. We simply ask that you listen to the desires of our hearts. 
We also remember all those who are suffering today around the world due to disasters, be they natural or man-made disasters, such as in Ukraine. Father, we know that you are always near, but sometimes we do not feel very close to you. We ask that you help those who are suffering and alone and feel abandoned, that they may feel your presence. Help us to know that we are not alone and that you offer us strength in all circumstances. Teach us also how we can, be, can as a church and as individuals serve your purpose in our church and our communities. Oh God, help us to show our love for you by loving and caring for one another. In the name of Jesus, help us to feed one another and to watch over one another as he has done for us. And as Jesus taught us, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now we're going to welcome Jim. Uh, he's our head of our trustee committee. You probably all know that. He's going to give us some updates there. Good morning, everyone. We're just going to run through what we've accomplished so far this year, kind of a mid-year trustee report. Out in the Northex, there's always a bulletin board item. Uh, the highlighted items of our goals for 2022 are listed, and the highlighted ones are the ones we have accomplished. We're doing pretty well. Um, the big ticket items this year has been the uh, sanctuary upgraded lighting. We're uh, slowly going over to LEDs. Same with the gym lights and the parking lot lights and the outside lights in the front of the building. Uh, we're about 98% in the sanctuary. Uh, while the electrician was here on the gym lights, we got all these changed on the upper bulbs over to LEDs. We had to take pews out to get them, but he got the lift in here. and All these have been changed. Ricky got the up above uh, lighting changed just the other week. So we're in good shape. Um, we've had Edison come through and do a survey, and they liked our plan, so we're on, we're on track. It's all money savings uh, over the long run. There's probably about a two-, three-year payout, and we'll pay for all the bulbs, just in electricity savings. And Lisa's been tracking our usage, and our usage is falling, but the rate at which they charge us is going up, so we don't really, we're, we're gaining, but not really, <laughs> you know. The bills stay the same, even though we're using less electricity. Um, of course, the gym lights were changed. A big difference. Uh, this week they came and they activated the dimming part of it. We now have a switch above the fuse panel for an on-off, and you can dim the lights down or bring them all the way up. We can also change the venue by 
the uh, circuit breaker method, we can shut part of them off and still dim them. So we can change the mood quite a ways in it. Um, it the project went well. Our electrician did a nice job, very easy to work with. He's a local from town, and uh, Scott um, Van Zent, that's it. Uh, a pleasure working with the young man. He went above and beyond. I'll give him that. Uh, let's see. Uh, the contractor for the steeple will be back Tuesday. They're coming. Uh, I talked to him Friday. They're going to put the permanent repair on the flashing up here and do some brickwork. And I'll have them look at the roof here in the back over the meeting room. The meeting room uh, rehab has been stalled because we found a roof leak. Uh, above and beyond what they fixed last year. We really think it's up above, like the bathroom on the mezzanine, and over the kitchen, up that valley up there, I think is in bad shape. So we're gonna have a look hard at that, and we're gonna get that solved so we can put the drywall back. Um, the stove, uh, sorry to report, but the new stove came uh, shipping damage. Uh, the man was out here Tuesday, parts are in order. We've got that solved. They were hoping the parts would be in this coming week. So we can get that running. And those were our big ticket items. Uh, let's see. I'm down my list here. I think we're doing pretty well on our goals for the year. A lot of what's left is uh, minor paint touch-up. We... Um, as uh, time permits, we can get those. Uh, I would like to thank everyone uh, for all their help. Um, pressing on the furnaces, we have eight furnaces in the church. Eight are all making heat. Five are making air conditioning. Uh, there's three that are down. I'm not going to fix them because the age of the furnace doesn't warrant putting any money into them. We're looking at next year or beyond to get those fixed. Um, as long as they make heat, I think we're good for the, well, we are good for the winter. And that's my big call on what we do next is the fact that if they quit making heat, we gotta do something. The, uh, let's see here. As far as roofs go, the uh, back roof, uh, we're going to let the contractor walk around and maybe see if he can fix some of the missing shingles in the back, keep us going for another year or two. Uh, we haven't seen any leaks, but it's nice to have all the shingles there, um, along with this getting this valley fixed up here. Uh, let's see. I guess that's all of our big ticket items, but I would like to thank all the trustees on the committee and other church members who have volunteered their time and help. But if you don't know, I'd like to introduce all of our trustees, uh, Rick Grisbeck, Phyllis Perry, uh, Jay Gliwa, Bob Giese, Linda Strickland, Richard Randolph, and the lady in charge, Diane Wilcox. <laughs> she, she runs it, man, I'm telling you. She keeps us organized and on the straight path. Yep. Oh, Couldn't you should see her. her keep Jim in line in these meetings. Oh, it's yeah. great. That's not what you said last month. <laughs> Love her dearly. She does us a good job. Thanks, everyone. You got any questions? Okay.
I think we owe our uh, trustees a debt of gratitude that they have worked very diligently and very hard. Our scripture reading is from Matthew uh, chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. And this is Jesus' disciples ask him to teach them to pray. And this, then, is how you should pray, said Jesus. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's all too easy to recite this prayer as we do every Sunday uh, without ever thinking about what it says. Whole books have been written on just this, uh, on just about this, about prayer, but let's look briefly, very briefly, at what Jesus said in these different lines. First, he says, what we should do, first of all, is praise God. Just say, oh, God, you are wonderful in any way that you see him wonderful. The second one is we acknowledge, we should acknowledge, that his will is important, far more important than our will, because we, have, we all have our will and we want our way often. <laughs> but when we come to God in prayer, we have to acknowledge that our will is secondary to his. Then it comes to give us this day our daily bread. Well, this is take your petitions to God. We have many things that we want God to help us with. And that's the third thing, the third step in our prayers. Ask him, ask God to help you with anything that you need. Then goes on to say, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, forgive me, but you know, it's kind of hard for me to forgive those other guys because man, you know what he did. <laughs> well, God says, what you do, need to do at this point is ask God to help you forgive that person or persons that you feel that have done something that was offensive to you, that have harmed you in some way. And then it goes on, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In that portion, what we do is we ask God's help to live as he would like us to live in both thought, which is the temptation. Lead us not into temptation, that's our thoughts, and deliver us from evil. Now, evil is when we turn those thoughts into deeds that are bad. 
So we are asking God, help us to keep our thoughts good and then our deeds to follow will be good. Don't give us the temptation and don't keep us away from the evil. Now, there is a debate these days about statements using the term thoughts and prayers, especially in the wake of numerous horrific shootings. Of course, we've all heard it, and it's easy to say, my thoughts or our thoughts and prayers are with the victims of whatever it was. Now, some people object to saying this, since as they say, prayers do nothing. Well, dismissing prayer is a tragic mistake of those who have never experienced its powerful ability to sustain during terrible times and the transformation of the heart and soul. I reflected on thoughts and prayers these past weeks and thought about the power of invoking God. I've certainly known that prayers worked throughout various events and relationships in my lifetime. I had a teenage cousin, a little, a little older than I, who was well on the road to becoming a juvenile delinquent. Prayers and invitations brought him into the church and he became a Christian. And the difference in his life, the transformation was almost unbelievable from becoming a juvenile delinquent to a very active church person. Now, the first time I remember understanding that prayer is powerful for me, the first time, I was only six. And early one Sunday morning, my two-year-old brother, who was an escape artist, his name was Frank, got away from all the supervision, and being hungry, he went to the kitchen. There my mother was boiling a big pot of water to make coffee, which we used those old dripolators, if some of you might remember those. Some of you probably won't know what that is. (laughs) But Frank went into the kitchen and he pulled that big pot of water down over him. It scalded him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Well, you can well imagine there was a lot of screaming in that house this morning, and it didn't take very long for everyone to get there. My dad, my mother, my older brother, and myself, we all ran to the kitchen, and there was Frank dancing in this big puddle of water on the floor. My dad grabbed him by his arm to hold him still so they could get his diaper off. They wrapped him in a sheet and rushed him to the hospital. When, he got, when they got to the hospital, the doctors took him in, bandaged him up, took care of him, what they could. Remember, this was a long time ago. They, don't have the same, they didn't have the same means of caring for people that they do now. It would probably be less of a problem now, although I don't know. 
But the doctors gave my brother a 50-50 chance of living. And they said, if he should survive, he will almost certainly require extensive plastic surgery. Well, my mother called the pastor. It was Sunday morning, and they went, the church was beginning, and she called, told him what was happening, and asked for their prayers. In church that morning, they prayed. Everyone prayed diligently, and they went home, and they continued praying for my brother. Well, as it turned out, Frank survived. He survived with only two marks on him. He never required plastic surgery. He had a mark on his arm where my dad had grabbed him to hold him still. And he had another small mark behind his ankle. And I would look at that scar. It was where they had fed him intravenously during the time he was in the hospital and he was bandaged from head to foot. And that, that scar was a tiny little perfect cross. And I always considered that as a sign from God that he had been present through all of this. God's hand was there. Now, some people worry about praying, thinking, ah, I don't have the right words, I don't know what to say, or maybe even I don't have time. But let me tell you, you got to make time, but you don't have to wait for a prayer time to pray. You can pray when you're walking or driving or fixing dinner. But we, knew, we do know that God looks upon our heart and he answers our prayers even if they're unspoken and they're in our hearts. I remember only the last two lines of a little ditty that I learned when I was a kid. I, re I knew it all. I just don't, don't remember it all now. But the last two lines said, I prayed the prayingest prayer I ever prayed while standing on my head. Now, that kind of <laughs> rings a bell. You know, when we're just turned upside down with everything, that's when we want to go to prayer. <laughs> and that's when we pray our prayingest prayers, is when we need help, God, help us right now. Well, <laughs> I happen to remember very, very... Um, distinctly, the pray in his prayer. I ever prayed. I wasn't standing on my head. But I'm sure many of you can also remember the pray in his prayer you ever prayed, and I wish you would think about that. And remember that the Bible in Matthew 21, verse 22 says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And that is quite a promise. Amen.
Okay, thank you for that message. We will do another hymn sing. What would you like? Five, five, eight? Five, five, eight. Five, five, eight. May the Lord, mighty God, bless and keep you forever. Amen. 